We're going to be in the Old Testament this morning, 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, chapter number 12. We're going to look at something that uh, maybe you've read this before, and a particular word which should have jumped out at you, maybe it didn't. But we'll, uh, we'll show that today. 2 Samuel 12, we'll read verses 1 through 7. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, one rich and one poor. What's going on? David has committed the sin of adultery with Bathsheba, another man's wife, and I'm sure months have elapsed since this happened, and perhaps David thought, well, maybe I'm getting away with this, and then God sends Nathan. And the rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom as it was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler. There's the word. And there came a traveler unto the rich man. And he didn't take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man as Nathan was telling him this, never realizing that it's he himself is what this parable is dealing with. And David said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man that has done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. You're the one this story is about. And thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you houses and wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if it had been too little, I would moreover have given unto you such and such things. And the story continues. Father, I pray that you'd bless this, not only the reading of your word, but God, the preaching and the hearing of your word. And God, may this be a message that is a a preventative message, an uh, ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. And Lord, we're thankful, God, to be able to preach this this day, and I'm believing, God, that it will, be, it will do good here at Centralia next week as they hear it in Fairfield Branch as well. And Lord, on the internet and on our website and on the CDs, that God, people will be able to uh, grasp what's being said, apply it to their life, and be benefited from it. In Jesus' name, amen. A number of years now, probably 15, in upstate New York, 
a bridge collapsed. And of course, that caused great alarm. But what caused even more alarm when two weeks later, another bridge collapsed in Germany and it caused great alarm then because the same company had built both bridges. And they immediately sent a team there and in that team were divers and they dove to the bedrock of things to see what was going on and both crews came up with exactly the same answer. They did not have enough riprap around the footings and the foundations. Because if you have seen these huge columns that are put into the ground and after that a sleeve is put over that and then poured with concrete and then after that huge 200 the 300-pound rocks are placed at the base of that column, that foundation, to where the rushing current of that water, if that rock is not there, it will undermine the very footing and foundation that is there. And it don't matter how much concrete has been poured, and it don't matter how big that H-beam or that I-beam is, because that current will undermine and will literally eat away at that, that which is there, and eventually that leg of that will keep going until it collapses. This is why you hear this preacher say time and time and time and time again, See, I'm never going to be considered a real deep thinker or a deep theologian type preacher. What I am, I just hit the same old truths every week. You'll hear me say it every time, every time, every time. Read two chapters a day. You know what that is? That's the 200-pound piece of boulder, the riprap in your life that's needed. Pray every day. That's the 300-pound boulder that's at the foundation of your life and your Christianity to where it cannot be undermined because of the riprap and the commitment of a riprap of that one being there, of church attendance being there, thank God. And that will prevent this wallowing out and this corrosion of your faith. The wayfaring man, beware of the traveler. Beware of the wayfaring man. The traveler on foot. I remember years back, she's not a big thing as she was, but uh, Julia Roberts was doing an interview and she was telling about how her bodyguards, no matter where she goes, they do a walkabout. And they wait, they case the joint out no matter wherever she's going to go. They do the same thing, of course, with the president. Unless you're at a a Nelson Mandela uh, memorial and then a crazy man's up there doing the uh, sound. Yeah, what a deal. (laughs) That's three feet from the president right there. 
But this walkabout, I thought of that when I seen that interview with her years ago. I thought about what the Bible says, that our adversary, as a, the devil, as a roaring lion, does a walkabout to see where our weaknesses are. And I wonder if 3,000 years ago, he hadn't been doing a walkabout around David's life, and he had seen how David had looked at different women, and he had heard the conversations that David had had with some of his mighty men, off-colored jokes that he was telling, and he knew where to get David because the riprap of that, of that, of that uh, protecting him against that loss had never been put in place. It wasn't a giant outside of David's window. It wasn't a bag of money outside David's window. It wasn't fame and prestige outside David's window. It was a UFO outside David's window, an unclad female object. And that's where the devil knew that he could get to this mighty man. How many knows the devil knows King David's weakness, he knows my weakness, and he knows your weakness. We're more than ready to look at David's sin, but what about our own sin? David had taken his armor off, and when a time when kings go out to battle, he stayed home. He's coasting is what he's doing. It's never good to coast. Yeah, you can go on vacation from time to time. But listen, it's never good for me as a pastor to coast. I've got to be digging into this word to help you dig into this word. We can't afford it. We need, and this church needs people to step up to ministry, whether it's here or over at Centralia or over at Fairfield. We need people not, not being willing to coast, but willing to step up to the plate. The Bible said sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. I seen a thing one time, a special, about uh, uh, this man who had killed more people than any person in America, like as in murdered more people. And he was a grizzled-looking guy. And he said something that sent shivers down my spine. He said, it wouldn't matter who they was, if it's an old woman or maybe a teenage girl or an old man or young kid. It didn't really matter. He said, I'd go to their house and I'd ask them if they could give me a glass of water. And he said, if they ever let me in their house, they was dead. Boy, that was just, it was just eerie to hear that guy talk, just so nonchalantly like that. This is what happened to David. He let the traveler inside. He let that traveling thought of, oh, what a beautiful woman. She's so better looking than my wife. That's what happened. I seen a cow one time, and I thought if there's ever a message right there, that is a message. I seen a cow with its head poked through that barbed wire fence, trying to get at the grass on the other side of that fence, and it was literally cutting its neck. 
and the grass at its feet was better than the grass on the other side of the fence. Yeah. The devil blinds people. He blinds us to these things. When that, when that traveler comes in and that traveling thought and lets you know, oh, well, you shouldn't be happy or you should want something else. And the Bible says David fed it. He fed the traveler. It's one thing to have a thought, and I love what that D.L. Moody said years ago, I can't keep a bird from flying over my head, but I darn well can prevent him from, from building a nest on top of my head. And you may not be able to control every thought that goes through your head, but you don't have to feed that thought. The traveling thought, I must have that woman. And that killer said, if he ever let me in the house, they was dead. That traveling thought will kill something in your life if you feed it. Not only did David take it in, he began feeding it. David abused his position. Having been over in Israel and seeing the ancient city of David there in Jerusalem, it's built upon a hill, and from where David's palace was at, you can see it plain as day. Where he was at, everybody just stair-stepped. Their houses were built lower. And when I seen that, I thought, everybody's looking up to David. Everybody was looking up to David. David, our king, David, the wonderful man of God. Everybody was looking up to him. And he abused his position. He took advantage of his position. When he should have been protecting this woman, he abused that woman. And I've heard preachers preach this, and, and basically, you watch it, most Preachers will lay this sin at Bathsheba's doorstep. Well, she was naked on top of the roof. God didn't lay the sin at Bathsheba's doorstep. He laid it at David's doorstep. The Nathan the prophet didn't show up at Bathsheba's house. Nathan the prophet showed up at David's house. Sent there by the Lord God. Linda Butcher told me years ago, and I know exactly when this was, this was 1993. It was the year of the big flood. How many remembers that? Every fourth day it rained. That was the year I chose to build a log house. How crazy was that? And David and, and, and uh, Archie and Linda was in my house. They was it before the house was was completed. We were sitting in lawn chairs inside the living room. And the walls were up, but you could see right through the walls because I hadn't got all the chinking in yet. And there would have been a preacher that had left his wife for another woman. And Linda said this to me, Mark, if you ever did something like that, it would break my heart. Looking up to the preacher. Three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I had Andrea Lewis stand up. She's sitting right, she was sitting right back over there, and we talked about how that the Wayne City uh, School Board was now no longer going to have any kind of school activities on Wednesday night. 
and how that she spearheaded that and led that charge. And I had her to stand up. When I had her to stand up, it was all I could do to keep from bursting into tears because you didn't see what I saw. You were seeing Andrea standing up. I was seeing her son, Jarrett, who was sitting right beside her, and he was looking up at, her, at his mom with the biggest smile on his face. And I thought, right, there it is. The respect and admiration that that young boy was feeling for his mom. Leadership. Every person here, you're in a leadership role. Don't abuse that position that God has given you. David abused his position. And unfortunately, it cost a lot of people, and it cost David most dearly. Number two, David looked and kept on looking. You go to the doctor, one of the first things they do is look in your eyes. They can tell a lot about you by looking in your eyes. The Bible says this. Lot looked toward Sodom. Next thing it says, Lot was living in Sodom. Where he looked was where it led him next. Where are you looking? And I know from a man's perspective, it don't matter whatever they sell on, t on TV and try to sell. It's got something to do with sex. Toothpaste. I mean, it don't matter. It don't matter. Because they know that, that, and the enemy realizes that is such a strong connection and drive for mankind. And that is another thing of this giant rock, that riprap that's got to be put around our life to protect us. Number three, and this is the last one, David was letting someone else fight his battles. He should have been the one fighting. He should not have been coasting. I see David in his life where he's running. I see David throwing. I see David kneeling. I see David dancing. I see David sitting. I see David reaching. I see David falling. And I see God going out after him after he fell. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. David paid fourfold. Just as he said, a self-fulfilling prophecy went out of his mouth. The man who has done this evil will pay fourfold. And Nathan said, you're the guy. He paid fourfold. The baby from that affair died. Amnon rapes his half-sister Tamar. Absalom kills his half-brother Amnon who Tamar was Absalom's full sister. And then Absalom is killed fourfold. Shakespeare said, heavy is, the, heavy is the head that bears the crown. I think that became true in David's life, but it hadn't been true before that. I think every day when he got up, he goes, man, I'm the king. This is the greatest thing ever. But when that hit his house and he let the enemy and the traveler come into his house and did not protect his house. From that day on, being the king was the hardest thing that he could imagine doing. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. 
1 John 1, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Thank God. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God could have sent a pestilence to David. God could have sent an invading army to David. But instead, God sent a prophet. And David could have said, you ain't going to talk to me that way. I'm going to have you killed. See, that's what, his prayer, that's what Saul would have done. But David says, I have sinned. He knew he'd done wrong. Beware of the traveler. Beware of that besetting sin. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercy. Blot out my transgression. Thank God. Even with David's faults and failures, when he sinned, he came clean for God and said, yeah, I'm the one that did it. And he asked for forgiveness. Some people think that he had leprosy for that whole year's time between the time he did it until the time he confessed because of the different things that David talks about in Psalms. It sounds like a man that's crying out and the things that he describes is like he's got leprosy. But when God confronted him face to face, David asked forgiveness and God forgave him. That's the good part of that story. God forgave him. And David's one of the most greatest men in all of the Bible. God said, he's the apple of my eye. Beware of the traveler. See, your weakness, my weakness, two different things, I'm sure. Your strength, my strength, two different things, I'm sure. But we know what our weakness is. We need to shore that up with that rip wrap that's around our foundation to where the enemy cannot steal, kill, and destroy. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, your man, David, said, Oh, God, renew a right spirit within me. He had been living with a wrong spirit. And God, you forgave him and you cleansed him. Thank God for that forgiveness. Or like I said on the outset, this is more of a preventive style message. And God, help us all to have that shored up within our life to where we are not falling and, and being undermined every time the devil says boo to us or lays a trap for us and we fall for that. Help us, God, to know how the enemy works and to know what we need to shore up within our life. Help us in these things, we ask and pray. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com 
or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.